Okay, Be'ez HaShem, Be'siyata Dishmaya, the Rabbani Yishom should give us a lot of Siyata Dishmaya this month, which Be'ez HaShem, we're going to be starting now. This is a new Zman and summer Zman, Tovshin Pei, a very interesting Zman, a Zman that we are going to at least start by doing uh, through technology. We hope, Be'ez HaShem, that we're going to be together in Yerushalayim, Irakodesh, very soon to have this Zman together in the Be'ez HaMedrash. Um, but I want to give a little bit of idea, a little bit of chizuk. You know, it's very, very difficult. People find it difficult. It's on the computer. I just woke up. I'm still in my pajamas. You know, what what exactly are we meant to be thinking? What does the Rabbi Nishlanum want from us at this very, very special time? And I just want to give a little bit of a divrei hakdama before Be'ez HaShem is going to start this man. Mitzvah Hashem, I'm looking to start this man together. It's going to be Gishmak. We have an amazing sugya that we're going to be starting together, the sugya of Kibbut of Aim, which is a tremendous, tremendous sugya. And um, what I really want to do is give a little bit of abdominal understanding how we're going to do this man in the, in a technology uh, sort of way. So first we have to understand like this. Klal Yisrael, as we know, when they left Mitzrayim, they left Mitzrayim on the lowest possible level. You can't imagine. It was, as we know, they're almost the lowest level that they could have been, which would basically have been the point of no return. And within seven weeks, they became Nevi'im. Incredible. They became Nevi'im. So here we go, we've got this Klal Yisrael, who left Mitzrayim, and they left at the lowest possible level, almost, right, the lowest, almost level, and within seven weeks, they're in Kabbalah Satoira, at Har Sinai, accepting the Torah, which is an incredible thing. It's much an incredible thing. What's the Pshat? So, just give me a moment, just to get things a little bit, oh, there we go. Okay, okay. So again, Rabbi Sa, again, for those that have just joined us, Baruch Hashem, we're starting this man, Be'ez HaShem, it's going to be an interesting man, but I want to discuss a little bit of Chizik before we get this man going. So as I mentioned, we have this Klal Yisrael that left Mitzrayim on the lowest possible level, within seven weeks they basically became Naveen, they almost saw the Rabbi Nishalayim, tremendous, tremendous thing. How is it possible? How is it possible for this Klal Yisrael to have basically seen the Rabbi Nishalayim seven weeks after leaving Mitzrayim? Seven, to miss seven weeks, it's nothing. The answer is, it was a matana. There's a special siyata dishmaya in the seven weeks that we have from Pesach till Shavuos, when we have our own personal Kabbalah Satoya, that they had a matana that clearly saw themselves got a tremendous, tremendous matana that they were given a siyata dishmaya to accomplish whatever they needed to accomplish in a mere seven weeks. And it shows us to ourselves how incredible this time is. How incredible it is that we have over here seven weeks. We had a Pesach, which for many of us was a very, very different Pesach. Many of us had a very quiet family. Normally, don't, sometimes we have guests and we have brother-in-laws and we have grandparents and we have, you know, all the nephews and nieces running all over the place. It was a very different Pesach this year than a regular year. Very, very different. But still, it was a Pesach that was a Pesach, and hopefully we accomplished what we needed to by the Yontif, and we're coming in Mitzvah Shem in, what is it, five weeks, whatever it is, even less, to the Yontif of Shavuos, of Kabbalah, Satoya, we need to learn to prepare, but even more so, we need to learn to use the time that we have. You know, we know there's a Machlokas, whether or not, by Svirah Sa'ima, is it one Mitzvah, 
or is it a bunch of parts of mitzvahs? In other words, is it one huge mitzvah of Svira Sa'oyma that you have to do it as 49 parts of the mitzvah? It's like the mitzvah of Tfilin. How many mitzvahs? It's a machaikas v'shaynim. But really, it's one mitzvah that has two parts, a shalosh and a shalyat. Or let's say dalad minim, right? You've got the lulav, the esuk, hadasim, and the arovos. It's four things, but it's one mitzvah. So is Svira Sa'im is similar to that? That really it's one mitzvah. It's called the mitzvah of Svira Sa'im. When you start, you start the mitzvah. When you end on Mamash Bayantav of Shavuos, you now end the mitzvah. Bang! Now you've got the mitzvah. It's just every single night you have to count. Or is it that every single night is its own mitzvah. Machlekes Rishonim, as we know, and we rely on various opinions that say that if you forget one night, then of course, you can rely on the opinions that hold that every day is a separate mitzvah, and then you can continue making a bracha as long as you count it during the day. Okay, the halachas we know. But I think, I'll be drush, it's poshet, that, you know, could be we could say, and I saw this in some of the Svarim Akdoshim, that maybe there's no machlekes. Maybe they all agree. Of course there's a mitzvah of Svirah Sa'im, but there's a mitzvah every single day. Because it teaches us that every single day of our lives, we have an opportunity. And every single day of our lives, we have an opportunity to plug into the Kedusha, to plug into the Rabbi Shalom. And it's a really tremendous time. Again, it's a time that we have Siyat Dishmaya. It's like almost when, you know, there was a guy walking down the street once, and he sees a hundred dollar bill floating down. He's like, wow, this is, this is my lucky day. A hundred dollar bill coming from Shemaim, straight from the Rabbani Shalaylam. Unbelievable. And he takes it, he puts it in his pocket, he's all excited. Ah, what can I spend it on? What did I need to buy? This is great. He's walking a couple of steps. He sees another hundred dollar bill. What is going on over here? So he looks around at the, at the, in the buildings nearby and he sees on one of the apartment buildings, he sees a very interesting sight. He sees there's a three year old child. This three-year-old child is on the marpet, that is on the porch, is resting, sitting, sitting on the edge of the porch, has daddy's wallet, and is holding daddy's wallet, and slowly but surely, putting the hundred-dollar bills inside the wallet, down the marpet, and having no idea what these little green, shiny papers are. And, and, and this, this fellow from the street is like watching this whole thing, you know, episode, you know, develop. And he sees after a minute, he's watching that, and he's like, he just can't believe this. He sees the father coming out of the apartment, and he sees his son, he's like, what's going on? What are you, what are you doing? What are you, crazy? And he works back the wallet, and he looks on the street to see how many hundred dollars bills did he, did he miss. It's an incredible thing. Because this three-year-old child has no idea that he was just dropping hundred dollar bills on what they're worth. For him, it's a piece of paper. But he didn't realize the value. And I think there's a very incredible lesson for all of us. And that is, there are certain times that are so valuable... There are certain times that have and carry within it so much value that we can accomplish during that time, and it's such a shame to let it go. And that is basically the mitzvah of Sfirah Sa'ima. The idea of Sfirah Sa'ima is exactly that. It's an opportunity to get closer to Hashem. It's an opportunity to take the time that we have and use it to get closer to Torah, which is incredible. Now, I know it's this month, we being into Rosh Chodesh, it was Rosh Chodesh on Shabbos, we said halal, most of us probably said it biyachid as well, which is how it should have been said. Said biyachid in our houses with as much kavon as we possibly could have had within the circumstances. But I want to machazik ourselves at this time specifically now. It's the beginning of the Zman. You know, many of us are starting yeshiva. Some people I know are starting koilo. Whatever it is, it, it's, it's hard to get back into it. Like, you know, we've been off 
basically since Purim until today, we're supposed to be starting the Zman, whatever that means. We got the schedule with exactly when is Sheer, first Seder, second Seder, ninth Seder, whatever that means. We'll discuss in a moment exactly what the daily schedule is and how it applies to us. But before we start that, I really want to discuss a little bit of an Indian of understanding what Torah is and what it does to our lives. Reb Chaim Shmulevet Zatzal was known for his very, very penetrating horrors, his, his thoughts of life. The way, he, the way he saw events was very different to how we would have seen the same event. It was incredible. And many of the lessons, if you go through the Sefer, Rabbi Chaim Shalevitz's forum, you see some of the events that he talks about are seemingly normal events, but he sort of turned them into a very meaningful time. And he talks about one of these times, he talks about a time in Eretz Yisrael, during the Yom Kippur War, and it was difficult not only for the country to defend itself against all of the enemies, but more than that, within the country there was animosity, those people that did serve in the army, that didn't serve in the army, they were in yeshiva, they weren't in yeshiva, why are you not sending? You know, there was all this sort of talk going on at the time over there. And we know that Yeshiva Bochum had given a patur, an exemption from the army, and they were serving the Rabbani Shlonim and serving the Rabbani Shlonim's army from the base of Medrash. And um, there was a rift between the two groups. Some families sent their kids in a physical way to fight. Some sent them in a spiritual way in the base of Medrash. Each one was doing what they thought was correct. And it was very difficult to accept that the two sides were fighting basically on an equal battle. One day, Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz walks into the base of Medrash. And he walks in at the time where it was made for his general weekly schmooze. And it was incredible. He had a booming voice and a very, very sensitive heart. It was not unusual for him to break down crying in the middle of a schmooze. Unbelievable. On this day, the schmooze began in a very typical way. He quoted a Gemara, a Medrash, and he was talking about Tefillah B'tzibu. And then Reb Chaim recounted an event that happened to him earlier that week. And he said he was walking down the street and he noticed a chayal, a soldier. The soldier was probably around 20 years old, walking very, very slowly with painful steps. Reb Chaim saw that he had obviously lost a leg, a chmon on and he had a fake leg attached to him, whatever it was. So Reb Chaim had a very, very soft heart, very sensitive heart, and he began to cry. And he began to cry in the Bismedrash, in the middle of the shmooze, in front of all the bachrim, the whole thing. And he told, he told them, he asked the young man, was there anything I could do for you? And the young man said, no, no, I'm absolutely fine, thank you very much. Rab Chaim said, I'm so sorry to hear about your injury, it looks like you were injured, it's terrible. The soldier said, thank you very much, Rabbi, it's very nice of you, I'm going to be okay, that's absolutely fine. I lost my leg fighting to protect my Jewish brothers and sisters. You can imagine when he said this to Bochum and the Meir Shiva were hanging on to every word that he said. And he was saying it loud, he looked around the room and he started banging on the shtender. He was saying, look at this boy. Look at he was willing to give up. Look at he was willing to give up for the country, for his people. What do you think you can do? What's the best you can do? You can imagine that moment there was silence. The message was powerful. The message was powerful. It was difficult sometimes for them to get out of bed in the morning. It's hard. We don't really see the godless of Torah. We don't see what Torah does to us. But we can, says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, understand at least in a physical way what they're willing to do. And it's almost like, and again, you know, we're not comparing anything, but in a small way, the Hatzalah members and the doctors and all the people who are working in the hospitals and working in the medical field on the front lines of this war, of what's going on right now, in the last few weeks, what we've been hearing, what's going on, everything. These are people that are willing to give up their lives. 
I mean, Hatzalah in America, Hatzalah in many places in the world are visiting people who literally, they could, they could contract the virus and who knows what would happen, but they're willing to put out their lives. They're willing to do something. These people get up at four o'clock in the morning. They get a call, they run. They get dressed and off they go. Rabbi, see, you know what mysterious nefesh that is? And we have to ask ourselves, what's our mysterious nefesh? So we're going to stay in bed for another couple of weeks? So we're going to have a relaxing, you know, holiday for another few weeks. Oh, Baruch Hashem, this month didn't start. We didn't have to go back to Yeshiva. And we're going to hear Shmuzin about how to get up on time. And they have someone kicking our bed saying, get up in the morning. No, we can relax. It's great, Baruch Hashem. My boy, say, there are people right now who are being moisa nefesh, literally, in a physical way, in a real way. They're giving up their lives, literally, because of what's going on. The least we can do is fight the war in the way that Chazal tell us in the Gemara in Makkas, and that is to limit that Torah. Limerat Torah is that which saves, upholds, and protects Klal Yisrael and the whole world. No, we're not a doctor, we're not a Hatzalah member, we're not working in a hospital, and we're not on the front lines. But we are on the front lines of the Torah world. And therefore, our responsibility, meaning their responsibility is to be in the hospital. Their responsibility is to be working in Atzala, going in ambulances and going to places. And it's incredible. And these people are malochim mamish. There's nothing to talk about. These people are malochim. I've heard stories. I've been, in, as I told you, I've been in contact almost on a daily basis with various people whose, you know, relatives and everything. It's, it's terrible what's going on. And I'm hearing firsthand from people who experienced the wonderful and unbelievable chesed from these unbelievable malochim called Atzala members called her doctors, called nurses, called anyone that works in the medical field at this time. But that's their responsibility. What's our responsibility? Our responsibility is limited to This man began today. We are beginning Be'ez HaShem today. And our responsibility is, yes, maybe it's not the same. This is the Beis Medrash Abayisai. Welcome to Beis HaMedrash, Beis David, for the next, hopefully, week or two until you guys, Be'ez HaShem, come back. We're going to hear the shofar in Hashem from this window over here. We're going to hear the shofar Shal Mashiach. I've been waiting for it since this whole thing happened. And we were machazik ourselves in Emunah, as we spoke about. We're waiting for the shofar, Abayisai. I'm going to let you guys know. It's going to, you're going to hear it first. Or maybe according to some, it's fast and then it comes to Yerushalayim. But we'll hear right over here. And you guys will be here within, I don't know, within minutes. All the flights, all the planes are waiting to take you back to Eretz Yisrael. And we'll be together, but until that happens, and until that happens, we have to be serious about our responsibility for Klal Yisrael. And there's no question about it that Torah is making Torah protects. It shields us and it shields Klal Yisrael. It's not just for ourselves. This is for everyone. This is for our families. This is for the people who are sick. This is for the people who never are in the hospital without any family members visiting them. It's terrible. It's terrible what Klal Yisrael are going through. We can't change anything except change ourselves and become better people and work and be moise nefesh for what we have to be moise nefesh. And that is limerat Torah. And that's an unbelievable thing. And you know, I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again because it's so ichoshev. Imagine you're walking down the street and you're walking by a place where there's a beach and you hear splashing. So you look over to see what's going on. Someone's having a swim. Interesting. It doesn't seem like a very nice day to have a swim outside. And you get closer and you look more and you hear signs of help. They help, they're crying, they're screaming, help, 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 help me, whatever it is. So you run over there, and you sort of the situation, you rip off your shirt, you take off your shoes, and you run into the water, and you take this guy out, you're a good swimmer, you manage to get this guy out, that's incredible. Isn't that amazing? You have saved somebody's life. And it's not only his life, it's his children, because he made the he's going to have children. And those children have children, and those children have children. So could you imagine, the act that you just did of saving somebody's life is an incredible act 
that you saved hundreds if not thousands of lives. There could be nothing better than that. The Gemara tells us you save one life, it's as if you save the entire world. But yet, I want to tell you a Gemara in the Giladab Tezayinum Adbeis, where the Gemara says, Omer Rev Yosef, Godul Talmud Torah Yosem Atzolos Nefoshos. This is it, Rabbi Isai. Talmud Torah. When we're sitting and learning, when we're sitting and opening a sefer, we're listening to a shir, we're trying to mishtatif to yeshiva's man, and we're giving up our time, you don't have to turn on the computer. You don't have to listen in. You could switch on the computer, press Zoom, type in the ID, switch off your video, and walk away. Nobody's going to realize, right? <laughs> Nobody's going to know. But it's about you, Rabbi Isai. That the Gemara tells us, Godul Talmud Torah, Yaisah, Ma'atzolus Nefoshah. This is an incredible thing. And, this, and, and the, the, the Mefoshim over there explain because it does more than just save one person. It protects people from becoming ill to begin with. It's an unbelievable thing. We have to realize what this is. The Nefesh HaChaim, Rabchaim Belozhin writes, in the Nefesh HaChaim Shadalit, he says, he says the same thing by Tefillah, but by Torah for sure, that if there be one moment, one moment in the world where nobody is learning, could you imagine such a moment? I'm not sure if it would ever, a bar, a mitzvah it should never exist. We have different time zones, so maybe that's why. But Akoponim says the Nefesh Chaim Chaim Velozhin, one moment there would no be, not be a word of Torah, the entire world would cease to exist. It's impossible. Torah is keeping the world going. It's keeping our souls. It's, it's doing our duty for what we need to do. It's an unbelievable thing. The Mishnah Perkyovis is a time that we're learning Perkyovis, as we know, between Pesach and Shavuos. Pesach Hashem, we hope to do it properly ourselves and share it at one point during the morning. The Mishnah Perkyovis in Perkyovis says, Kachi Daukisha Torah, the Derech of Torah, Ashrecha Ba'olam Hazeh. You know, it's not Olam Haba. Of course you're going to get Olam Haba when you learn Torah. But the Mishnah tells us, Ashrecha Ba'olam Hazeh. In this world, the Gishmak that you're going to have is unbelievable. Somebody once came to Reb Shach. And he said, what do I do? What do I do if I'm getting the tithers, I'm getting, you know, all otherworldly pleasures that are, you know, calling themselves to me? And he said, get involved in Torah. When a person gets involved in Lima, that Torah, the gishmak he has for Torah is so incredible. Everything else just falls by the wayside. It's unbelievable. As we know, the famous Misa. Rabaran, Rabaran Cutler, that's how I once spoke at a fundraising dinner, and he spoke about the unbelievable thing of people that support Torah and give money to yeshivas and to koilols and these sorts of things. And a very wealthy fellow came over to Rabaran afterwards and said, Rabbi, that was a great schmooze. That's a great schmooze. So it comes out that we're better than you. Because you are sitting and learning, right? But we're supporting all the learning. We're supporting all the Torah, all the koilols and all these sorts of things. So Rabaran said to me, I don't know, but I have one question. Where's your oil mazeh? True, Olama Boy, you may have. In the next world, you'll get a wonderful reward for supporting Torah. But where is your reward in this world? Because Torah is what gives you, in this world, real pleasure. It's an unbelievable thing. I was once giving a share, I think I mentioned this once. I was once giving a share in the Tanya. And I, to- I spoke about uh, Torah, whatever it was, to a group of elderly people there. One guy comes over to me, must be around, I would, be, I would guess around 65, maybe a little bit older, maybe 70 already. And uh, not such an old man, but, you know, a little bit older than myself and others. And he's in a shul there, and he told me an amazing thing. He gives a dafi yomishir. gives a dafi yomishir every single day. He says to me that about 10 years ago, approximately 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was, he, Rahman you should never know, but he got a uh, diagnosis that he got yenemachla. He was terrible. He was heartbroken. His family was heartbroken. He was only at the time 50-something, whatever it was. He was, a young, he was a youngster. Terrible. He didn't know what to do. 
So he said, he, he told me this myself himself. He said, I turned to the Rabbi Shalom. And I said, Rabbi Shalom, I am going to learn your Torah. Not only am I going to learn your Torah, I'm going to teach your Torah. And that's what he said. He promised at that stage he's going to start doing it. And he opened up in his shul in Netanya a dafayomi share for elderly people, older people that had retired, people that were, you know, finished work, whatever it was, they'd gone to live in Netanya. And he started giving dafayomi share. He said it's been already whatever, 10 years or something like that, which means he'd gone through just over one cycle, it finished Shas already. He said to me, I feel that the Torah is keeping me alive. He said, that's what it is. Poshet is keeping me alive. That as long as I learn Torah, it's Poshet keeping me alive. And it's really an incredible, incredible thing. You know, somebody once came to the Chovetz Chaim, a younger man on Avrech, and he said to the Chovetz Chaim, you know, he looked in the Svarim about, you know, all sorts of Zayats, with Abishim and Bayachais, that says that Torah has to be done with a real Yerushalayim, and mitzvahs have to be done with a tremendous kavanas of all sorts of things. He says, you know, I'm a simple guy. What do I know about all these kavanas? I do a mitzvah, I do a mitzvah, I learn Torah, I learn a bit Torah. What do I know about all these kavanas? It's not a gay, it's, it's, it's not, you know, not really that important. So the Chovetz Chaim said to him, he remembers in World War One, they, he met a baker. And the baker was complaining that he stays up all night. This is right before the, uh, the war broke out. He stays up all night. He works hard and he kneads and he rolls and he, you know, plats and he bakes. You know, he's busy the whole night baking. The next morning, a woman walks in. She looks at the bread. She goes, oh, a little bit burnt. Or oh, next one, a little bit underdone. Puts it down and walks out. Like, oh, you know, I, I work so hard. I try so hard. And this one says it doesn't look right. The shape is wrong. This one is under, underbaked. This one is overbaked. It's ridiculous. But he said the Chavetz Chaim, I remember as soon as the war broke out, he told me that people walked into the bakery and they just grabbed whatever they could. It doesn't make a difference what shape it was. It doesn't make a difference what, what, what situation it looked in. At the end of it, it's bread, we'll take it. Said the Heilige Chavetz Chaim, an unbelievable thing. True. The Zoya says that a person has to learn with, you know, L'Shem Shomayim and he has to have all the midas of, of what Torah is, Nignus Behem, at the end of Perkyovis. There's lots of things, 100%. True. But that was for the time of the Tanoim and the Amaroim and everyone similar to that. But we're dealing right now in a Shas Muhammad, said the Chovetz Chaim, where the Yitzhar has got us in a tight death grip. And he's got us in this time that the Rabbi Nishom looks at us and says, you know, whatever you do, that's great. Whatever you do is unbelievable. He understands our Yitzhar, he understands our situations. He understands that because of Corona, we are stuck, we are cooped up in our houses for weeks and weeks and weeks. He understands that. And the Rabbanisha understands that we don't have a base medrash and we don't have a magid shir that's live and we don't have a regular matzav. Everything's different. We're learning from our homes, from our computers, from our phones, from a little bit of swarm, whatever we have, whatever we can do. But it's almost like, and I told this to someone recently as well who called me with, you know, I can't do this, what's going to be, what does Rabbi Nishan want? I said, you know, on a fast day, it's very difficult to fast sometimes. It's difficult. People have a difficulty in fasting. Okay, what does Rabbi Nishan want for me? I can't learn. It's very hard to learn. So, so I shouldn't fast? No, I have to fast because it's a fast. But learn I also have to do. So no one says you try your best. Hashem understands it's a fast day. You'll do the best that you possibly can. Rabbi Sai, the Rabbi Nishram understands we're in this situation. It's hard for us. It's not easy. But you know what? If we show that we do the best that we possibly can, then the Rabbi Nishram will give us so much Siyata Dishmaya. Because that's what this time is. This is time of Siyata Dishmaya. It's a time that the Rabbi Nishram plants within every day of Svirasa We can accomplish so much that during the year, we wouldn't be able to accomplish. The Rabbanisham has given us an, a unique opportunity to see, almost like, and as one of my Rebbeim from Yeshiva told me, 
At a time I remember, when I was in Yeshiva, and I don't remember exactly which Tkufa this was, but there were many Gedolim who were dying. Many Gedolim who were dying. And I remember he gave a Shmuz, the grandson of Rav Scheinberg, and he gave a Shmuz a very, very Chosh of a Yid. He said an amazing thing. I think he quoted one of the Bukubolim from Bnei Brak. And he said that he quoted almost like a marshal, like a parent. When a parent is teaching a child to walk, what do they do? A parent teaches their child to walk. So you hold the child's hand and you go you know, a little bit shaky, a little bit hard, and you go closer and closer. A few more steps, a few more steps. Each day you try and get a, a little bit more progress done. Amazing. Eventually, you want the child to walk on their own. You know what you have to do? You have to remove your hands. You take away your hands and let the child walk on their own. Maybe they'll fall sometimes, but eventually they'll get up and they'll walk on their own. If you always hold their hand, you won't allow them to walk on their own. And he said, B'Shemis Mekubal, I don't remember who it was now in Bnei Barak, that said that sometimes the Rabbi Yishalayim, right before Mashiach comes, before the Geula happens, he wants to see how does Klal Yisrael walk on their own? How are Klal Yisrael going to manage on their own? How are Klal Yisrael going to learn? How is a Yeshiva Bacha going to sit in his home and continue this, this man, start this man, continue learning without the four walls of the base Medrash, without the comfortable mattresses that we have in Yeshiva and the fresh orange juice that we get and everything else that Baruch Hashem you guys are used to and you're getting the same thing from your parents at home as well and if you're not then you're even more excited to come back to Yeshiva how are we going to do it? the answer is the Rabbani is giving us a unique opportunity let's see everything that you learned how you actually make it Lemaisa how do you make it real? And that's an amazing thing. And I think that's an opportunity for us. This specifically is an opportunity to machazak ourselves. Yes, it's hard. We haven't got the same pressure. No one's coming into you saying, get up, get out of bed. So it's not the same. You're right. But on our level, on the Rabbi Nishlam's way of how he set the world right now, that's the best that we can do. And when we do that, we're fulfilling our responsibility. And not only will it be a shmira on ourselves, it will be a shmira to our families and a shmira to the guns of Klal Yisrael. Be'ezah Hashem, I want to wish right now, everyone at this moment, a tremendous Rufur Shalem. There's a lot of people out there who I know personally who are not well. Too many, unfortunately, too many to say names. They should all have a Rufur Shalem. We all know there are people who are not well. We should all give them a Rufur Shalem. Be'ezah Hashem, the schus of our Torah, the schus of our starting this man, Be'ezah Hashem, on time, on Sunday, we're meant to start on Monday, remember, so we're starting even earlier than this month, Be'ez HaShem, Shabbat Shemai for ourselves, for our family, and for all of class.